sauce. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez, and you are here. We are here to talk footy. I'm here with Sauce, and hopefully, Sauce, you've got the uh, countdown to the AFL's <laughs> season ready to go. Uh, right now, your internet is just playing up. The thing is loading. I've got the little uh, wheel of death here. Oh, uh, well, we're it's under three weeks. Under we know three that. Weeks. And that's why we're doing another pod, Sauce. We're here to talk uh, footy, and we're here to talk about some teams that we haven't spoken about in our last two podcasts. If you haven't tuned in, Make sure you tune into those two podcasts to get your footy fix before uh, round one comes along. I know there's been some practice matches happening uh, during the week this week, Source, and uh, a few interesting results. We're not going to speak about that too much, but... Um, Are you sure? I'm sure I saw a really good uh, meme the other, just before that uh, St Kilda fans are up and about. They haven't been this excited since the, their Wizard Cup win. A big win over your, your one of your favourite clubs there, North Melbourne. Big performance from the Saints. Yeah, we're not going to speak about that. It just doesn't... Doesn't mention anything, doesn't happen. Uh, North, uh, North are no good. 91 point loss against the Saints, but it uh, doesn't count. Mason Wood was even playing and kicked four goals, and he, he's from a North reject. So. Saints. Uh, the Saints are coming. I can't, I can't reach that button. To turn it <laughs> yeah, off. There you go. This, well, um, the, the, the lid's off. The lid's off, apparently. The lid is not off. Marabin is, is up and about. This is not even the preseason. This is just practice matches. This is the worst. Oh, mate, that's, you know what happens when you guys do well in the preseason? Uh, before the actual AFL season, you well, guys perform well. You know, one thing about the um, preseason coming up this year, the, um, I don't know what they call it these Amy, days, Amy, the Cup. Cup. Amy, a- Cup. Amy Cup this time, yep, Amy. Uh, is they've made teams not travel. So playing the same teams in your state. So West Coast versus Fremantle, obviously. Adelaide versus Port Adelaide. The two Brisbane teams playing against each other. Gold Coast, Brisbane. Who's, who's North Melbourne play? There's no Tasmanian teams. <laughs> yeah. Well, why are you giving them a dick? <laughs> well, I thought, you know, you were going to give them a, a bit of a spray later with the North, North no, Melbourne um, loss, 91 points. No, not 90. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter so much that you told me the first thing you walked in. It here. does not matter. It's absolutely ridiculous. You're, you're hiding it well there. The oh, I off. like how they're not travelling and making the Melbourne teams travel out there because all, all this COVID stuff has uh, affected professional comps around the, around the world and the AFL need to do their best not to... Get, let it affect the 2021 season. Yeah, most definitely, and try and keep uh, try to keep everything under wraps because we do not want to have like we did last year coming into round one that indecision, and we want fans back at the footy. Round four has been announced. We're ready for it, Pez. I cannot wait. Does that mean is that only in Melbourne? Because obviously, fans will be allowed in some other states because they have been to events like the rugby and the NBL, for example. Yeah, I would assume. I would assume that the rest of the, the AFL is fine. It's just the um, just Victoria, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's disappointing for us. Do you think? We'll do you think that um, I know that they're not going to? But do you think maybe it was a consideration to move round one, the actual first game, to a state that had two teams that could have had big fans and really build the the you know the AFL season off to a kickstart? Because ninety thousand at the MCG, we know we can't have with Richmond and Carlton. Maybe it would have been good for maybe an Adelaide derby or to mm-hmm. shut some of those uh, West Coast supporters over up there, put them yeah. in Fremantle together. <laughs> have a good big win by yeah. West Coast. But um, that might be might be a good idea, Sauce, because last year I'm remembering back to Richmond versus Carlton. It was the first game we watched without crowds ever. 
And uh, I, I, I didn't mind it. It was an adjustment, definitely, but like, I didn't mind we've, it. We've been used to it before, watching um, North home games, but <laughs> it, it's not the same. They, they have at least 13 people there saying something and you can hear them talking or whatever in the background, but there was absolutely no one there last year at the MCG and it'll be a weird feeling this year. We, we were used to it at the end of last season, but uh, yeah, I just don't know. I think that's a good idea to just move them to maybe the Friday night and move someone... Someone else to the Thursday to kickstart and get some crowds. Yeah, I just think it'd be uh, reminiscent of um, a time where there was no crowds at the football, and I, I want the round one to be nice and uh, impactful for everyone and rem- remind us what uh, real crowds sound like. And um, I was watching the NBA today, and it was the first time I heard booing in a while because they had a live they had a live uh, fans there. Did they? And uh, and they were actually booing, which which obviously they didn't put that in the soundtrack of the, the fake fans. You haven't heard anyone boo for a while. It was, no, and it well, was it was good. It was it was a little bit a uh, little bit eerie, but it was it was good. That's what we were saying last year. You know how they started to do the fan noise and uh, the the clapping and the applause, and the sound guy'd get it wrong, yeah. and they'd get a free kick against them, the home team, and then there'd be a, a crowd applause and things like that. <laughs> they needed the boo button, the boo button. Well. Yeah, yeah. Get the get the boo button going. Oh well, we'll we're getting to uh, some questions. We've got a few questions tonight. We've got uh, we're going to talk about some teams now. You mentioned Adelaide really late last week, uh, Sauce, and we felt a bit bad for our South Australian listeners. So let's talk about the Adelaide Crows. Actually, they probably wouldn't want us to talk about the Adelaide Crows where they are. But I've got the question here: What do Adelaide need to do to avoid the bottom four? <sighs> I mean, it's 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 a really big ask for them to try and um, actually get off the bottom. What they need is they need their young players to to continue to develop. They need you know those players in that midfield that they were getting a lot of games into last year. Um, they need to be winning those games against those lesser teams in the league at home, um, and they need to stay competitive in games that they play away against teams that again that, that they're competitive with. Um, you know, against North Melbourne, they need to beat North, try and beat North Melbourne when they play them at home. Against Hawthorne, they need to try and beat them when they play them at home. Uh, probably Gold Coast and put them in that same sort of category with their inconsistency. Probably Essendon in that same category. There's four teams that they probably could beat at home if everything goes well. Goes well. That's how they're going to avoid uh, the bottom four. Yeah, well, they finished really low last season and then what they have to do is they've got to get those wins against those bottom four sides and they're going to get the good fixture where the sides they play twice... They've got to try and beat them not just at home but in their home state as well. Try and pick up two wins here, two wins there against te- against two teams. That'll be four wins. Then they've just got to pick up a couple more wins and, and they'll get off the bottom. If they finish 17th, if they finish 16th, it could be an improvement. So uh, Yeah, and, and then they need they need those those players like Shane Shane McAdam. They need to him to continue to develop and get a little bit more consistency. Uh, Matt Crouch to just do what he's doing and be a workforce. Probably need him have a better year than he did last year. Um, well, he doesn't know, have his brother there anymore. No, so, but like that's the thing is that they got rid of him so they could sort of develop some of these players in there. You know, you need Darcy Fogarty to have a really big year and Taylor Walker not to be their main goal kicker. And that's the thing is they need those younger players to develop. Tom Lynch to, to continue to, to do what he's been doing. But realistically, they just need development and they need games into these players. They need to build a consistent, uh, consistent brand of football. And even if that consistent brand of football is losing by 20 points, they can't get blown out of games, especially against bottom sides, which they did a lot last year. And, and blown out of quarters as well. And and just short snippets in a game. If, if you lose a quarter by six goals, you, you're on your tail the whole game, chasing it, ready to try and get back in it. Another player that needs to you know continue his, his good form, Ben Keys. 
Ben Keys. Yeah, they moved him into the midfield last year, um, and he, he was uh, became a really good sort of almost a tagger role um, that could also get the pill as well. You want to see him not develop as a tag. You want to see him to develop as a, as a really good midfielder. I really liked watching him last year. He was one of the shining shining lights from them. Um, but it's, you know, players like Dodie at the, at the back, Luke Brown, Talia, you need them to, to be, you know, putting up some decent numbers as well, getting a few intercept marks, which the ball will probably be down there a fair bit for them to do that. But realistically, I don't see four other teams that are worse than them. Not because of the list, but just the performance they put out last year, the, you know, the development of, of the other teams around them. And they didn't even get first first gig at the number one pick. Oh, and the Bulldogs got it. But, it, yeah, it's hard to do because you've got your bottom four there. You've got Adelaide, North Melbourne, Sydney and Hawthorne from last year. Adelaide and North finished on the same amount of wins, three. And Adelaide just a lower percentage with 64%, which is pretty horrible. Um, you, have to you, say, you have to say North Melbourne probably got better. Got better than last year. Like oh, that. I'd say they got worse. Oh, I'd well, they picked up. They picked up a couple of you know decent sort of players. They've still got a pretty dominant sort of ruckman. They picked up Jaden Stevenson, who, who's been pretty good for them. You know, you've got uh, you had a, ba- a you know down year from Polak, and you know to get Zebel back with some talent. Um, ben McDonald, he probably he probably was to develop into an All Australian. Hey, I'm trying to talk him in. You'd say Luke McDonald, but um, yeah, I don't think. What do I say? He's oh, Ben McDonald or something. Oh, yeah. it's a Ben Brown. Well, he, he's gone, so they're better for that. Ben Brown's going, going to Melbourne. Uh, I think they'll finish on top of North, but I don't see him finish on top of many other teams. There's Essendon, uh, Sydney, Hawthorne. So, Sydney, I don't Sydney, know. I th- see, I think Sydney are in a similar sort of spot as Adelaide, but I think their young talent is better. Like they've got a lot, a lot they are very young, but I think their talent is, is a lot better than... Than Adelaide. Hopefully players coming back from injury as well and Buddy they can continue to go and... Get his thousand. See, Sydney could get out of the bottom four. Oh, question without notice relating to this. The bottom four. Hawthorne, Sydney, North Melbourne, Adelaide. Who's most likely to get out of the bottom four in 2021? Well, I had last year, we had the same sort of question. I had Sydney to surprise. My, my big call was Sydney not to finish as low as they did and push for the eight spot. So I have to back Sydney. I think I think that their list their their list is pretty good. Like you know, you've got some some decent sort of players. You still got Josh Kennedy there who racks up the pill. You know, our man Isaac Heaney, Lance Franklin if he plays. You got Papley who had a, a cracking a cracking season. James Rowbottom, Ollie, Ollie Florent, and your mate Robbie Fox. Um, oh, <laughs> Robbie Fox, one of the worst AFL players ever. But um, <laughs> Jake Lloyd, Will, Will I, I think they've got a better list. You know, uh, Cunnington, Rampy, Mills. They've got a, they've got enough there to, to probably. Probably sneak out of the bottom four, maybe push for an eighth spot again. They do. That's probably uh, that's probably the easiest call there, Sydney to get out. I'd agree with you there. Same answer. Yep. Yeah, definitely, definitely Sydney to get out. Sydney the best there. And then you look at Hawthorne, North, and Adelaide, and I think Hawthorne they're just too experienced to to get less wins than North and Adelaide next year. So they'll be fighting it out for the spoon. Yeah, and see, that's where Hawthorne, like you know, and we we haven't got a Hawthorne question today. Where we are going to get to Hawthorne in the next couple of weeks. But they're, 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 you look at their list, they're still quite old and experienced. They need to lean into this rebuild because this list isn't making finals, but they need to really lean into a rebuild. And, like, they, 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 they didn't get anything younger. They've got still a lot of old bodies there. Their leadership group got older, well older, um, with the big boy, McAvoy, as, the, as your captain. As your captain, there. yeah, weird choice. But, uh, yeah, I think Sydney to make it out of there, but I, I don't see Adelaide... Getting out of that bottom four, but if if they if they are to do it, 
the young players have to perform and they have to win the winnable games. It sounds silly, but you can't you, get blown out of them. You've got to win at home and you've got to win against the bottom teams because you, you might pull one here or there with against the, the top eight, not, the, not so much the top four, but um, there's been strange things happening in AFL source, but Adelaide to get out of the bottom four, I don't think it is going to happen. But for those Adelaide supporters, all you need to hope for to see is continued improvement in those young guys and your older guys to be giving opportunities and, and, and teaching those guys um, the ways and, and get that culture culture right and not have any off-field incidents just like they had. Uh, they always have a dust-up at training, Adelaide. Always. They always do, yeah. Someone Someone's punching someone in the thing. So they've got some fire. They've got some some fierce competitors in there, but they, they just don't have the fight on game day and they don't have the list to back it up to do that. They do not. All right. Speaking of people that uh, probably need to have a big season and improve, your man, Ben Brown, has made the move over to one of your favourite clubs, Melbourne. The question we've got is, is, is does this fix Melbourne's you know, inaccuracy and their woes going forward? Many times they were touted as the next best thing to, to come along the last probably four or five years, you know, really riding those tailcoats from a couple of years ago when they knocked off Geelong the first week of the finals and they went over to Perth and got absolutely pantsed. They've had a lot of issues going forward because it seemed to just bomb the ball forward. Ben Brown, Coleman, from, Coleman medal winnerist from three years ago, does he fix those problems, Pez? Well, he's, he's not so much uh, a big stay-at-home forward, contested mark type guy. He's a, what he is, is a brilliant set shot at goal. So if he can get on the lead, get out there, and they can get him the footy, he, he can go and uh, and kick some goals. He might kick 30 goals for the season. But the worry with Melbourne is Christian Petrarca, he's your best forward, but he's also one of your best midfielders as well. So so where do you put him? Where, where can you do that? Um, with the players, they've got Sam Wiedemann, who had a decent season he, as, uh, you know, the number one target. You've got Bailey Fritch as well, who, who was a target. They don't really have anyone else. I think Ben Brown needs to be the second, at least the second tall forward and tall target. If he was in a team like that and he could, you know, get the second defender, get off them a little bit uh, and, and get up the ground and have, have some set shots, I think he could have a really good season. But without without that and without the rest of that forward line functioning, I, I just don't see him being able to fix their woes. They ha- haven't been the same since that year in 2018, which wasn't even that impressive. They... Uh, Gifted a gifted fixture. Snucked into a prelim final and, and got pounded by 10 goals. And then they've been living off that ever since. And we've that's what we've been saying. Um, a, a team that can't win the games against the teams they're meant to, wins wins some games against some good opposition, and then you, you sit there and you go, oh, yeah, Melbourne could be good. And the, all the commentators are, are speaking them up and always speaking about 2018. I've said it before, I'll say it again. We have to forget about the past. You've got to be looking forward with this list, and this list is not a list to make finals footy. No, it, it really isn't, um, and it, it's disappointing for Melbourne fans because I suppose they did think that they were they were you know the up and coming. They were meant about to make it back to the to the, the promised land and get out of this. What I don't even know how many um, how many years the slump down the bottom has been for for, for Melbourne fans, but I just don't see them. You know. Ben Brown really adjusting that forward line. They they finished ninth in inside fifties, ninth in goals, and tenth in behinds. Their leading goal kicker was Bailey Fritch, who had twenty two goals. Like, you know, he would need to get seventy goals to really, really improve 
that drastically to result in wins. Like, you know, if he gets... I can't see Ben Brown getting more than 20 or 30 goals anyway. As you said, they're, they're one of their best forwards has been Petrarca, but he's going to be delivering that ball in there. And one thing that Melbourne do really poorly is their poor, their poor, their skill level is really poor. I thought you were going to say what they do really poorly is play footy, which is uh, <laughs> in in some cases last season it was, and it was really disappointing. They missed the finals by two premiership points. So they had one more win. Don't even worry about percentage. They would have been in the finals last year, which is ludicrous. But the thing is, like we spoke many times last year that Melbourne's list, you look at this list and you're like, yeah, well, it should beat this team. It should beat this team. And the reason they lost games last year was because of skill level. Now, if Ben Brown can score 60 goals with North Melbourne not being elite users of the football, then maybe they can do it again. But I just feel like he, Ben Brown is a very one-dimensional player. He needs good delivery of the football because he's a very one-dimensional. He leads, he marks, and that's it. And I just don't think Melbourne's midfield or the rest of their team have the skill level to be able to deliver him the football at what he needs to be able to make them dominant. Or not even dominant, competitive. No, like they, they've got a couple of good keys. Like Salem had an impressive year off the half-back line. You've got Petrarca, obviously. Harms had a down year. Um, Jake Lever hasn't really impressed when he, since he came from Adelaide um, on that big contract. Uh, Brayshaw, since he's finished third in the Brownlow, he's been going down. Max Gorn, you know, you know my feelings about Max Gorn. I'm not really impressed with him. Clayton Oliver, handball happy, not not a real good user of the footy. So he he needs to get that 30 to 50 meter kick accuracy going inside forward 50, doing that if they want to win. Ed Langdon, they've got to use him on the wing more. Um, Malksham can't be like your third goal kicker. Well, the one thing it does do is it does force Tom McDonald to go back to his happy spot and go back play down, or fullback because they just try to turn him into a full, uh, to, to a forward and he just he, he's just so much a better defender than he is a forward. I know he played some junior football as a forward, but forwards have got to kick goals last time I checked. And one of the other players, you know, he spoke about Robbie Fox being um, <laughs> struggling on the AFL field. McDonald's brother, Oscar McDonald, who got delisted, finally, he, he is a real struggler in AFL football as well. Sorry, Oscar. Probably didn't need to bring him up, mate. <laughs> oh, well, at least he gets a mention and he's not on the list. I'm sure you'll take that as a consolidation <laughs> prize, mate. I got, got mentioned on Behind the Boundary podcast, oh, but you, you know what? If you're still talking about him, it's, it's good. good we, we've got probably talked about him more than we did Adelaide last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you go from there. Does that answer our Adelaide our questions for Melbourne? I think so. I mean, we both, we both agree that it probably doesn't fix their problem. Um, I mean, it potentially could, as I said. If the skill level was better... Maybe, but probably no. Probably doesn't fix it. So they finished ninth last year, <laughs> half a game out of draw out. Um, add Ben Brown, if they have a really good season in midfield. I'm interested to see what their fixture looks like because they finished middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. So you'd say they'd probably play those bottom four sides probably twice. So there's eight wins. Oh, I don't and know if they play all the bottom four sides. You'd probably play be, the, probably the, second, the second four, maybe. So who would that be? Fremantle? Essendon. Essendon, Carlton. Gold Coast. Yeah. Those type of teams. So the, the potential to, potential to get the nine wins and probably sneak into finals. Is it off Ben Brown's doing? Probably not. He'll probably win you one game where he, he kicks a, a bag. But as I said, he's so after that breakout season, he's very one-dimensional. He's very easy to, to, to disrupt on his you know, leading patterns. I don't think that he will be the difference and fix their forward problems because I don't think that their problem is the forward line. I think it's the skill level that they've got. Well, at the moment, on top of my head, I'm saying Melbourne to miss the eight, but I haven't done my analysis for season 2021 yet, Source, which we'll be doing in the next couple of weeks and uh, be presenting our ladders ready to go and disappointing all the fans who we uh, kick out of the eight. 
another team that is probably struggling to make the eight. Missed the eight last year, finished 10th. GWS Giants, can they challenge for the eight in 2021? It's as simple as that. Yeah, we, we spoke about this last week a little bit, that their window is probably just on – just it's, it's open a smidgen. Like their list is probably starting to, de, you know, deplete in terms of talent. They seem to be one of those teams over the last 10 years who have just next man up and they just seem to find um, stars. You look through their list and their list is still, you know, touted with talent. They've got Haynes, Taranto, Whitfield, Canelio, Perryman. You know, they, they put in there as Toby Green as well. Up-and-comer Jake Riccardi who had a great, you know, couple of games. The young gun Tom Green in He's there. He's got to play a big... Big role, Riccardi, with Cameron Gorn as well. Yeah, you, you know, they've got Braden Proust, the, the the Melbourne Ruckman who was meant to be all dominant and uh, made his way across. If he can finally get a game, Himmelberg, he can give you a couple of goals. Like, you look at their list, and the list isn't horrible. You've got a good tagger in Matt DeBoer. The issue is they just don't seem to be playing for each other. They don't seem to be playing for the coach. And their drop-off, they've never recovered from that Richmond final. Well, I'm going to say one name for you, and... If this guy can get to where his potential was meant to be at the start of his career, he, he replaces Jeremy Cameron there. If their midfield can perform, they they can they can challenge for the eight. Uh, I'm talking about Jesse Hogan over from Fremantle. I know he's got a lot of off-field issues, but if he's uh, training well and that you know they've got that little culture there, that little hub, it's kind of a hub before we, hubs we, were. We said that last year, and they absolutely knew what hubs were. made us look like idiots last year. <laughs> No, 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 no. You know, like Josh Kelly's there. Josh Kelly will put him under his wing and say, hey, Jesse, pull your head in, mate, and uh, kick some goals for us, kick some snags. Riccardi down there as well. But you look look at these names, like, like Whitfield, Taranto, Cornelio, Toby Green. That's four potential All-Australians. Yep. Five of you include Haynes as, as there as well. Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly, there's six. There, there's six players that if they are playing at their Brent absolute Daniels. best. No. If they're playing at their absolute best. Do you remember, remember last year when we absolutely potted <laughs> Daniels for a whole <laughs> podcast almost? But if they're playing at their absolute best, they are walk-up starts to, to an All-Australian side. And, like, think about the amount of talent that has left them over the last oh, no, five years. ridiculous, isn't it? And, look, for me, I think that they are – I think they're poorly coached, to be honest. I think that they, they need a new coach in there. I think Alistair Clarkson, we discussed this last week, I think he would be a perfect person to go in there and develop a winning culture and – not make excuses and allow them to, to really reach that potential because it, it would be a shame for them to you know, they've made four of the last four of the last five prelim finals. Like that that's pretty impressive when you when you think about it. What, excluding last year? Mm. Wow. There you go. Well they've had talent all the way down to number twenty five on their list and now I'm a bit worried about their bottom six in the in the team that they pick. Uh, for, for the upcoming 2021 season. But if those stars can perform and be consistent and, and do that, they've still got the midfield there. Uh, they didn't get the ball inside 50 enough last season. They had the forwards there to, to kick goals. So yeah. they've got to try and do it this year and they've got, to, they've got to play with a little bit more risk. Heath Shaw, not there anymore, going down to local footy, but... Oof. Bobby Hill can finally snag a goal, maybe. This poor bloke. He's one of the unluckiest blokes <laughs> in football, isn't he? Bobby Hill, Riccardi, right. Himmelberg, Perryman. Like they're, they're, they're potential to kick a couple of, couple of goals there. That's, they they realised that they could raise the price on Cameron because they, they knew they've got people coming up there to replace. But I love watching GWS play, but they were very frustrating last year. I hope they, I hope they really get into it this off-season because... It was so frustrating watching them with all that talent and just a, a flawed game plan where they just didn't utilise their skills and 
just wanted to bomb it long into into space a lot of the time. It, it's I, I, I really hope they have a, a, a proper assessment of their their twenty twenty season. If they can improve their inside fifty um, against the opposition, and say the opposition get sixty percent and they get forty percent inside fifty, and Jesse Hogan kicks thirty goals for the season, I think they make the eight. It's a big call. It's a really big call, Pez. Um, like him to call him to him to kick thirty goals is probably meaning he needs to play about eighteen games, and I wouldn't reckon he's played eighteen games over the last five years. No. Without even, without even, you know, I don't know the, it's, the stats to it. But look, it's one of those recruits that you get, and you're like, you know what? We're we're in dire here. We we've lost Jeremy Cameron. We we don't know what we're going to do in our forward line. Hey, let's give this guy another lifeline, a third, a third shot at it, a third lifeline. We know he's got the talent. He was going to be a ten million dollar man early in his Melbourne career, mm-hmm. and then they got rid of him, and then they finished up higher, and then they're like, how good's this? And then now they're struggling in the forward line. So. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like Toby Toby Green and Finn Lason last year, they kicked seventeen and nineteen goals respectively. And Jeremy Cameron obviously kicked twenty four as, as their 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 biggest person. Himmelberg kicked fifteen, and then you had uh, Harry Perriman kick eleven. So they've got they've got enough people that can kick goals. Toby Green missed a few games. And Toby Green missed a lot of games. Yeah. And the issue that they had last year was that he continually had to go play down between forward and midfield, and they don't really know where he he properly wants to play. Both both dominant in both those positions, but if they can have Taranto and Canelio playing for for most of the year with Lockie Whitfield and and Josh Kelly in there, then he can go down and, and have that little small forward role that he was so dominant in that um that that charity game where he kicked seven goals or whatever it was. But I don't know. I I want GWS to have one more crack at it and give it a decent shot at it. But again, I think they they really need to adjust the way that they're coached because I, I think that they're. They're poorly run as a franchise in terms of the actual coaching development there. Yeah, and uh, I I wouldn't disagree with you. I think Leon Cameron, uh, he's not going to get the sack. If they're going to make the finals, he's not going to get the sack during that season, is he? So Round, round four. Round four, <laughs> round lose five. him, get another coach in and then make finals. Perfect. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Perfect. Alistair Clarkson walks out because both teams are 0-4. Boom. Saviour. Saviour. There you go. Well, well, we'll see what happens. But this next team we're going to talk about, Source, uh, the fans are fuming. We haven't spoken about it for two weeks. Um, Carlton Footy Club. Carlton Footy Club. I mean, realistically, the big question, I think before the trade period, the big question was who had a better chance to make the eight, whether it be Essendon or um, Carlton. But with Essendon, just, I think they just uh, elapsed 6,000 6, days since their last final, 2003. 2004 was their last final against Melbourne. That was a win. Um, we have to talk about is Adelaide – sorry, is Adelaide – is Carlton's time to, to make the finals on their own? Don't worry about the Essendon question. Is Carlton going to make the finals this year? The David Teague experiment? Is it finals or bust for them? Well, it's been since, what, 2013 since they since made the 2013 finals? 2013 since the last time they made finals. And they, they're this, you were saying second worst on the on that list. On they're that they're list. Nine, nine years ahead of um, Essendon. Nine, nine years ahead of Essendon. Still, still, but uh, still, Carlton, you you look at some of their, their talent. We know they've got talent. They're adding Zach Williams. I'm a bit worried with the, they're adding him as a midfield piece to, to run in there. And I think I see him more as a halfback flanker. And they've already got a couple of players that do that. They've added Adam Saad, who's... A, a genuine halfback flanker and, and gives them run and Doherty as well on that halfback line. So I don't think they fit Zach Williams back in there as well. So they have to play him through the midfield. Interesting to see how he goes. Paddy Cripps is going to be elite. Sam Walsh is still going to rise and do that. I think Harry McKay can have oh, a big year up forward. Probably make an All-Australian. Sam oh, yeah, yeah. 
get off at Source. Listen to last week and listen to Source <laughs> going about that. Now, Harry Mackay, I do I don't mind him as a forward at all. Um, Charlie Kerno, if he can get on the park, he hasn't been on the park. They won seven games last year. You got to win ten, or yeah, probably ten. Ten to ten would guarantee it. Nine, you're in the in the mix. Eight, you need uh, Melbourne to to lose a couple so you can sneak past. Ten, you get in. Eleven, you get in. Maybe you could it's play like, what twenty two. If, if you win half your games. And play 22 this season, wouldn't they? Yeah, so if you, win, if you win half your games, you're in good stead. So they're going to get four more wins than last season. Um, Tom DeConing is their ruckman, was there, and Pitt Net, they're going to probably battle out for, for a spot uh, with no cruiser. Uh, I don't like how Jack Noons is probably in their best 22. Uh, that's, that's pretty weak down there. Uh, Levi Casbolt, what a, what a great mark of the footy, but just can't do anything with it, can't kick it. Who else they got in there? Liam Jones doesn't impress me too much as a, as a backman, but Jacob Wiedering. You know, possible All-Australian defender in 2021. They've got the potential to do it. I During my lifetime of footy, I've always seen Carlton as being shithouse. <laughs> so, and that's, that's a fair, fair regard. Like for the last four or five years, um, well, it's probably longer actually now, Carl, Carlton are coming. Right, and they went for that famous, that famous slogan. It was but, like 2008. But, but it's been such a laughing stock because this list – has always just it hasn't been touted with young talent. The last couple of years, you've seen some glimpses. They, they won seven games last year. Now, if you look at they finished eleventh, so they beat the seven teams b- below them, which that's a good start, right? And I know they they knocked off some teams up there, but if you look at it just as a, an analytical side of things, they would have beaten Adelaide, North Melbourne, Sydney, Hawthorne, Gold Coast, and Essendon, right? I mean, chuck Fremantle in there with that famous uh, with that nice uh, nice little mark and uh, goal that was kicked after the siren to, to, to beat, to beat <laughs> yeah, Fremantle. Um, but like they they need to be challenging some of these other teams. They can't just continually beat the bottom sides. They're past that phase of football. That midfield, I agree with what you're saying about Williams. I don't know if he has got the tank to, to run in that midfield. He would need to have put in a big off season. From all reports, he is a worker. But I don't know. I don't know an AFL player that says someone that's not a worker that yeah. leaves a club. So yeah. I don't know if you can just, put that on face value. Just looking at the ladder at the moment, just off pure off the top of my head, I've just said Carlton are better than eight other teams in the comp. Yeah, so that so that so they need to have eight. That's eight wins, right? That's eight wins they need to have. Hopefully, you play a couple of those teams twice. So that's t- say nine wins, ten wins. Sneak in. You sneak in, but they've got to challenge some of these other teams. They've got to be challenging those teams. They're going to sit on the cusp. They've got to they've got to challenge the St Kilda who's on the cusp. They've got to challenge your you know your maybe your Collingwood, your West Coast, your the Bulldogs, your Bulldogs, your Melbournes, the like Giants. That, they've got to beat the there's, Giants. There's six teams that they could they could challenge and be competitive with. And with that midfield, I mean, you've got Cripps, Walsh and Williams in there. That's a pretty decent midfield. That's a, it's pretty decent. Got Saad coming off the back. We know he's a great user of the footy. Doherty had an absolute, you know, stellar start to last year. Weedering was touted at one stage. Oh, no, it's not Weedering, sorry. Liam Jones was touted at one stage as going to be an All-Australian. If they can get that consistency... Weedering was as well. But if they can get that consistency into those positions... When the ball goes down there, you've got Betts who's going to snag a couple. We've got Casbolt who, who will take 20 contested marks and, and kick 40 points, right? Because it, if they can get a couple of those sort of ones, you know, those goals, maybe it's, they sneak in. Look, looking at the list, looking at Carlton, looking where it's they not, were. It's not impressive. If I'm going to say probably the opposite because if I was a Carlton supporter, you would feel some excitement. I don't know if you'd expect finals, but you'd expect fight every single week and you'd expect them to finish between... Eight and ten, anywhere below that, big failure. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a that's a fair call. It's a, it's a, it's a big call, but it's, it's it's 
I'm saying if I was a Carlton supporter, that's what I would be expecting. You're, and supporters of the club are always expecting a little bit more as well. But with those recruits, like Zach Williams and Saad, that can change the whole makeup of a team. Is, is the coach going to use a game plan to take advantage of their run? Obviously, because they've, they've recruited them onto their list for a reason. Yeah, and they've got um, the the Jack Martin there as well, who who was who found some form early, and then was they sort of worked out how to shut him down. So yeah, he always popped up every now and then. He's just got to that, just that build word that consistency, 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 and that's what Carlton Carlton need. Uh, we, we're going to talk about this a lot, right? In order to make finals and good teams, you beat the bad teams, you beat the teams below you, and then all you need to be with the other teams is be consistent. You are consistently giving the right effort, consistently executing the game plan, consistently staying within a game. You give yourself every opportunity to win. And that's what Carlton lack is this. They would come up against teams that they should beat and get blown out. And they would play against top teams and they would be competitive for 90% of the game. They need to bring that same effort against the top teams that they do against the bottom teams and not just you know walk up to a game and expect that they're going to win, expect they're going to win easy. Because... They're a team that hasn't proven anything since 2013. Yeah, and it comes back to that uh, effort within quarters, Sauce, because uh, I think it was a game against Melbourne, and Melbourne were winning by six goals or something up to half time, and Carlton came all the way back and, and lost by a goal. And they, they played the second half, they didn't play the first half. And they just need to bring that effort and things. You've seen it against Richmond, and I know Richmond's probably a bad example, you know, the first game of the season, but even when Richmond were no good, it's happened year after year after year. Carlton, usually they might get a bit of a lead, a two-goal, three-goal, four-goal lead throughout that game. And then Richmond tend to blow them out of the water. They you, they always tease with the first game, tease their supporters. Oh, look, we're going to beat Richmond, we're going to beat Richmond. And then Richmond just go the other way and blow them out. So they have to be more consistent within quarters. They have to not put their heads down. And it, it's so much easier to say from our standpoint. But that that's literally what needs to happen with Carlton. Yeah, it's, and, and you're right. It sounds it sounds simple, and it's very easy to say that, Pez. But they've got to execute it. And yeah, if I was a Carlton fan, I'd be excited because they showed us enough last year to to finish, uh, you know, eleventh. And you've got to see the trajectory them going up. Where their list got better, they're hitting that the stride where they they haven't got. They're not a young team anymore. The Sam Walsh is in his third year. He's probably one of the, the younger ones coming through. But other than that, it's it's time to win. Carlton should be coming. It's time. That it's should top. be their slogan, actually. They should. We should be coming. <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll let you know. We'll let you know when we're there. <laughs> we, should, we should be coming. A five-year slogan. Uh, <laughs> so we've spoken about team source, uh, the Crows, who at the bottom end of the ladder, Carlton, GWS, Melbourne, who are about in the middle. So we might as well speak about a team at the top of the ladder. And one of the, uh, I guess, biggest debates going on with Richmond winning that uh, third flag against Geelong last year is are Richmond already because they're still going as a dynasty are they already the greatest modern day team and what we mean by that is probably 2000 2000 plus yeah I mean there's when you're saying modern day you're obviously you take you're taking so you've got Bris, the Brisbane Lions 2001 the, the three Pete Geelong you Geelong the three and five years and then you you've got the, the Hawks or the Hawks as well so you know I mean, it's really hard because you, you're comparing oranges to apples. If you're looking at premierships alone, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely looking at one of the, the, the better dynasties. In terms of the teams that they beat when they've been at the top, 
I don't know if that you know if their grand final wins have been as impressive as you know Brisbane's ones or probably Geelong's in that matter. I don't I don't know if Hawthorne's ones have been the teams that they beat there were just as good as some of the other ones. The Brisbane ones and the Geelong ones I think have been a lot better. Uh, Richmond's one. You know, they beat a, GW, a GWS who limped in there. Adelaide. They, they beat Adelaide who, again... Capitulated after that. Yep. Uh, they, beat, beat the Cats. they beat the Cats last year. And, you know, and that was probably, their, that was probably the best team that they beat during that, that, those, those three premierships. All right. Geelong beat? They beat... Uh, who do we beat? Collingwood? Yep. We beat... St Kilda. Uh, St Kilda. And we beat Port Adelaide who finished on top that year. So you take out probably Port Adelaide... Those other two teams were St Kilda that year, yep, and and same with the Collingwood. They, and they Collingwood finished. that was 2011. Yeah, after so, they just won a premiership. Yeah, so like, and then that's what I mean is that people are going to say that it's because I'm a Geelong supporter, but I just think Hawthorne's one. We all know that that was one of those some of those years that where everyone's going to talk about that they came with the, the 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 compromised draft, but they did do it. You know, they did 2008. They snuck that one in against a, an equality Geelong side. That's a great win. Sydney, the Sydney win Sydney's was good. a good win. So there's two of them. 14, they played what? Uh, who was that? Collingwood? Or was that West Coast? They played Fremantle. Fremantle, probably the best defensive yep. side. That was, a, that was a pretty good win. So the Hawthorne one's a pretty decent win as well. But Brisbane, Brisbane, Essendon, coming to trying to defend back-to-back. Great win. And then back-to-back against Collingwood. Collingwood. And they were the top two sides of the year. So that, And that's where I just think the Richmond ones. And it's, it's hard because if you, if, you're not, if you compare all those four sides... In order, best list was Brisbane's, Geelong's, Hawthorne's, Richmond's. You're looking at the best list. It, and the lists were different as well because Hunt. Brisbane were able to build that up through their draft concessions and things yep. like that. Bang, they built their list. Geelong was able to build their list through a review and they got a lot of good draft picks uh, at the time. So they A lot built, of father-sons too. And they, they built their list organically, you could say. Hawthorne. Topped up along the way. Started off with that, but then top up, top up, top up. Like Brian Lake came in and won an yeah, awesome medal. And, and they lost one of their best players in, in during that second, that was that first premiership. And then beat him the next year. Yeah. So how's that? That's that's pretty pretty good. And then Richmond um, started started organically and then topped up along the way. They got Tom Lynch, who's probably one of their most important players as well. Losing grand finals, when they get in another grand final and lose, do you think they have a, a, bit, of a bit of a say in this? Brisbane made four in a row, lost to Port Adelaide in 04. Geelong made four in a row, lost to, no, two of the eight. Yeah, lost. They made four in a row, did they? No, they wouldn't have made 2010, no. No, nah, so they made three out of five, yeah. Oh. And then Geelong made it again now. The longevity, you look at longevity of it. Look, I think, I think losing grand finals don't really hold much stead, um, to be honest. I think that it takes a lot to get there, but... We're not talking about dynasties because of losses. You're talking about dynasties because of wins. No one remembers who comes second. We struggled to, to remember some of those teams then who came second. I know we didn't, but like there would be a lot of teams that people that would that would forget about those some of those teams. The fourth one for Brisbane, it's impressive um, because their experience got them to that premiership, and there were, but there was no chance they were winning that fourth premiership. Wow. Imagine they did, and Port Adelaide choked that one again. But that's that's the thing is that you know like. They made it just through experience. That that list, you know, like you know, Voss, Johnson, you know, Power, Ashcroft, Lynch, Akamanis, like just willing and experience themselves on. And actually, they they had a, a, a young Geelong team that they beat to to make it up to make it to, to that premiership, that fourth premiership. Um, it was like that one you probably hold instead. 
And I, don't, I don't know about the others. Is that interesting? You look back at 2004. So they beat Geelong to get in. Port Adelaide beat St Kilda to get in. Mm-hmm. When St Kilda and were up and fire in 2004. The next, the next coming. And Geelong and St Kilda were the up and coming teams. 2009, Geelong and St Kilda face off mm-hmm. for a premiership. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we were asking about Richmond. Are they the greatest dynasty? I think, I think in the modern era, if they were to win another premiership... It's no question. It's no question. You're always going to look back at the list, and I just don't think Richmond's list is that special. I think that they've got you know one or two absolute standout guns. Otherwise, everyone plays their role, and we don't need your list to be elite and full of superstars to be successful. But if you're looking at each individual win... I don't rate two of those wins because I think they were uh, pretty easy cakewalk victories. And You're just ha- unhappy that you had a boring grand, grand final those two years. No, I had a great grand final in both of those. <laughs> <laughs> both of those had a great grand final. But I just think if you're looking at the, the talent of those two and the stages that they did when they beat those teams, I think that the other three clubs that we talked about had harder oppositions to play against. And you know, we always talk here about it like, you know, the you know in in the NBA you always hear it like you know the older players would never be able to challenge the newer players and the game's different most definitely but you still got to rate those two teams had the way that they played during the season and, and I just don't think Richmond have beaten there's still the discussion in NBA yeah Jordan six and zero in the finals LeBron what is he now three four four and six he's made the like last ten straight or something like that yeah. So does that count for something? Um, Jordan actually played in the playoffs when he came back from baseball in ninety. Five ninety four, no, one of those years. He, the year he came back, they won the the championship. No, but he came back the season before, towards the end of the season, oh, yeah, played yeah. in the playoffs, and yep. got and eliminated. Yep. No one ever speaks about that either. So, um, that's a debate not for another day because this is an AFL podcast. But it's it's all about Richmond. Richmond had a really good opportunity. They played Collingwood in a prelim in twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. and Mason Cox had his only ever game. But but again, they actually played a again they played a quality side that would have been the grand final. That would have been the grand final for them to to really cement. Can their you imagine they beat Collingwood and they came yep. in and they beat West Coast and they then they had four in a row. Yep. There's no question. But then we talk about it differently because it's like they've got four and they beat two quality opposition. Yeah. At the moment we're like they beat they beat Geelong in a COVID season. I know it was COVID for everyone, but still, it's the COVID season is always going to be one of those ones that has an asterisk. Struggling Adelaide, who, who depitulated after that, we've now talked about them. Can they win more than four games? And a GWS who so obviously GWS. played the grand final the week before exactly against Roman. Right. Yeah, so I mean, I think that yeah, I think they would need to to win this premiership, but they would need to play someone of. They can't have a, a Western Bulldog someone limp through. They need to have <sighs> playing one of the top teams. They need to be There's playing an up and coming team that can really give it to them. So if they be Brisbane this season, yes, that counts. Uh, yes, I think they count. Port Adelaide. Yes. Okay. So teams like that. Geelong, obviously, yes. again. West Coast? You'd have to say yes because that, if, li- that, if li- West Coast. that list that list has premiership players on there. If they made it up there. All right. You have to answer the question, and I've got to answer the question as well. It's one of the toughest questions in modern-day footy. But who do you have at the moment, at this point in time, on this day? We, what are we in? We're in February 2021, before the 2021 season. Out of those four teams... Who do you choose and why? You could choose any team. Brisbane. And why? Just because the way they did it. They just, they changed football. Like their their list was so 
overpowering. They had two of the best midfielders going around. Their leadership was... They just put fear in their opposition. Like, they'd already had you beaten before you even stepped out on that field. They, they were amazing to watch. They did it against quality oppositions. And they realistically... Yeah, they they changed football. And that, that, that list that list is unbelievable. I, it's like so weird. Johnson, isn't it? Voss, Power, Ashcroft, Lynch, Akamanas, Pike. If you put Mike in there, Mel Michael, and we haven't even got to some of their best Brad players. Shaw. Jonathan Brown, Simon Black, L- Justin Leppage, Sean Hart, Daryl White, Nigel Lappin, and then of course the greatest f- AFL player of all, coaching them, what Lee about, Matthews. What about Jamie Charman? <laughs> he he played pretty good in, in one of those grand finals. No. Yeah, he was all right. Um, and, and that's strange because Hawthorne supporters are sitting there at the moment listening to this going, we've won four. We won a, a three-peat, three in a row, and we won a fourth. We won four. But if I had to answer that question, I was actually going to go Brisbane Lions as well. And I think the reason is a bit of nostalgia because I grew up, I was, what, 11, 11 or so years old when they won their first premiership. So I'm in, you know, my, my prime of footy in, in the teens. You're loving your footy back then and you're just in awe and you, you turn around to your old man and you go all right um who, who are we tipping this week we've got um this team they're playing against brisbane where's it at it's at the gabba no brainer the gabba was an absolute fortress mm-hmm. they're an interstate side they had to travel to the mcg to play finals they had to win finals at the mcg and, and they did it three years in a row um one of the first teams to do it as well which i think might help a little bit and they didn't really have to top up players like they do in the modern day with free agents. So I think that's why they stand there. But I do think if Richmond win a fourth, four in five years, it, they're going to be hard to top. Yeah, most definitely. And like, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting Hawthorne. Their, their winning average during those grand finals is over 41 points. They won four premierships in, in a space of seven years. That first premiership that they snuck, right, it came prematurely. And I think... That they're missing the finals in between those years. The next season. The next season. That doesn't really hold them in great stead. Then they went on to beat, you know, they had their, they had their three-peat. Um, and did they compete for the fourth? No, they, they – what happened in the fourth time? They, they really bombed well, away, What, that beat they? 2016? That would have been the Bulldogs premiership. Yeah, so then they, they, I think that was the year that they – oh, they got beaten by the Bulldogs in the second round of finals. And they, that was where they snuck in the top four somehow. That was that year. Okay, yep. Right, so they snuck in the top four, and I think that their fall from grace just wasn't that big. Their list their list is great. Like, it's, it's an amazing list when you, when you think back to it. Like, you know, Roughhead, these are people that played in all of them. Mitchell, Gibson, Burgoyne, Hill, Birchall, Hodge, Isaac Smith, Brian Lake, Gunston, Hale, Bruce, that, Shields, that, not all of Rioli. Them. They wouldn't have played in all of them. They played all in all three flags, those players. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant all four. No, no, all three flags. All the three flags, the 13, 14, 15. Because a lot of people don't don't. This is another bit of the debate. A lot of people don't put in that two thousand and eight one as part of their dynasty, mm. because it was, so far, it was so far. It was five years from the next the next flag. So, mm. but yeah, you, you. But that that takes it with Geelong being up to yeah, top for so I, long. I don't include Geelong's twenty twenty one. So when does their dynasty that they had end? It probably well. See, they made they've made. So many prelims as well. but So what happens if um, Geelong come out and they win the 2021 premiership against Richmond? I'd say it'd be a new dynasty, to be honest. Is it a dynasty if they Not only have dynasty. one? Not a dynasty, but it's just a, it's just an isolated premiership. So yeah, the Their dynasty was 2007 to 2013, 
11. 11, sorry, 11. That's when they won their three flags. But So you wouldn't count it yourself. You think just not, because not you're as a Jordan dyna- Not as a dynasty. They've got the longevity. They've got players there. Oh, but the lo- we're, are we talking premierships as the dynasty or the longevity? If you're talking longevity, they've missed the finals once since, since like 2005. right? And they've made top four probably 10 or so times. Their finals record's not great. But if you're going to do a dynasty that way, yeah, sure. Yeah, longevity most definitely. But they've only played in four premierships, five premierships during that time. For a team that has a, an amazing winning percentage in finals... Sorry, in, in, the regu- in, the re- in, the re- in the regular season, like five grand finals, lost two, and have made the finals all bar one year in that time. And all the That's prelims. not that impressive. All the prelims. And the pre- exactly, the amount of times they finished top four. Like if you're building a dynasty off that alone, yeah, sure, that's impressive. You're talking premierships, and that's what we're talking here because Richmond haven't been impressive during through, throughout the, the year, the last couple of years. They take out that first one that they won, and they were never losing that one. Hawthorne have been not impressive throughout the whole year. Like those sort of things. Like that's not how you build dynasties on. It's on the grand final. Yeah. So there you go. We we think Brisbane. What do you, what do you think? Jump on at behind the bound on Twitter and Instagram and all Facebook. Hawthorne supporters jump on. Oh, they won't even put it publicly. They'll just be um, inboxing you and just saying just having a go at your source because you've disregarded the fourth premiership. And they won four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So Richmond's four would count though, in five years. Yeah, most definitely four yeah. and five years. If Richmond win the next can't, two, can't do four in ten years and say, "Oh, it's four in ten years." Like so I had the slogan, like two out of three ain't bad. You can't just do four, four out of ten. That's that's shocking. That's below fifty percent. See, I think what hurts Geelong in this discussion, no back to back, no back to back, and two teams have a three peat, mm-hmm. and then if Richmond get a three peat now, yeah. they've got their fourth. Yeah. It's uh, ooh. it does it does hurt. Yeah, it does really hurt. See, if Brisbane beat Port in that final, one four, four in a row, we wouldn't, have the, wouldn't be talking anything. Wouldn't have this discussion. We'd be who's the second best dynasty? Hawthorne, Geelong, well, realistically, Richmond. Realistically, we're having that same discussion. <laughs> yeah. what, what, is, what is your list of dynasties? If we, we're just going to go through it quickly before we wrap up. So you've got, you got Brisbane on top. Question without notice. Rank them. Those four teams. Brisbane at the Hawks. top. Richmond, Geelong. Geelong's last. Yeah. Yeah, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, well, uh, where, where can people find us and uh, abuse you for putting Geelong forth there? Well, I've already <laughs> said that. No Geelong supporters want to listen to this because uh, they don't want to listen to your uh, schmozzle every week about Geelong and just talking them up all the time. and Talking and them up. Backing them every week. Mate, you've mentioned your Wizard Cup win more than oh, I mentioned. you mentioned the Wizard <laughs> Cup win. I did not care about that. Didn't, Back in didn't care about it yet. The first thing you said to me was big AFL news today. It's not the Wizard Cup. Big win, big win. Oh, obviously, I'm taking the piss because if you're playing North, even in the AFL season, you probably shouldn't even get four premiership points. You should get one. Get one. If, if you get one, then that makes it fair of the competition because if the teams that play North twice, they get eight free points. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. At Behind the Bound, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, jump on there. I've been Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys. No, no!